The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Sharon Kleiner Hour. Health, environment, and the power of water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour, The Power of Water. I'm Sharon Kleina. As I've said many times on our show, the water is an issue worldwide. It's not just a local issue, um, it's crisis. It, people, for some reason, when our forefathers decided way back in time to prioritize water. Everything was around water so far back in other countries of the world and and the United States when it was founded. All of a sudden, in the last 50 years, water is not an issue, and that's what happened. We've made other environmental concerns uh, an issue to go extreme, for example, we wanted to save money on power, and we decided to have insulated windows and walls and forced air heating and cooling. Well, what did that do with the water and the air called water vapor? Um, it, it literally snuffed out your, the organism of water and the air for you to save money to have insulated windows and walls and have forced air heating and cooling. Now, the other resources of water throughout the world is reservoirs of water. So far back, they believed in reservoirs of water. And in other countries in the world, they believed in canals of water. In Holland, the, 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 Holland is, the, is the experts of all water. And they knew that water was the, uh, the power of all independence of any country, water. And it has to be clean water, not heavily polluted water. So as time went by, what happened as of today is this report today. And every, every week we're going to be discussing this. And hopefully we'll start posting all this for you to come in and study. And you'll move on. The glass of water invention became a magic for health. Now, when individuals knew that their bodies were craving the taste of water, so far back in time, they knew everything had to be close to water. So as time passed, they started drinking water out of a glass of water. A glass was invented to drink water. That means that glass of water is being endangered today, and you have no idea because so few, few, uh, no politician is bringing it up. Other countries of the world have water wars going on for years. In the United States, we have subtly behind the scenes for you not to hear water descriptions of water controversy per state. 
We do not have enough fresh water on the surface of the earth to be able to even supply the water vapor and keep it healthy, which is the humidity of the air you're living with. Now, follow me, and I'll never stop saying this. You left a a pocket of water, and you entered in the air you breathe in that delivery room when you were born. At that moment, you were not living in pocket of water any longer, except earth and nature provided water vapor called humidity. You're swimming in water and that air all, all day long forever, or you wouldn't be alive. No two people are dehydrating, losing water a day the same. No two eyes alike, no two fingerprints alike, and all, and you're, you're different. Your individual dehydration is an individuality. Now, when I decided years ago to start studying this, I was shocked that we had left behind one of the greatest common sense resources for investigation and science research data to understand that you as a person always have to understand that we are water and we replace water all day long. Earth is, should, is water. Underneath the earth are the aquifers. We should have more than we can consume a fresh water on the surface of the earth to influence, not ocean water. We're not barnacles. We're not saline solution. We're, fresh water must be on the surface of the earth to influence the water vapor and the humidity and the cloud system and what the universe we're living in. So it's endangered all over the world. So that's what this show's about. And uh, we'll soon be putting up a new site for you to come in and study it. Join the, the cause. It's a mission. Enjoy it as you would the Olympics approach to everybody getting together and studying the water. And once you understand you are walking water and your body has to have water, your brain, your blood, your muscles, your skin, your eyes, at the surface of the eyes. When they brought me in to study that years ago, at the surface of the eye, when your eyelid is open, that ni- that's 98% water. What is the complaint of vision impairment and w- the words dry eye? Dry eye is vision impairment because of dehydration of that water on the surface of the eyes. And in the brain, the eyes and the, and the uh, brain are connected at the same moment. Why is nature connecting the brain and the eye at the same moment? Because the brain is 80% water, the eyes at the surface are 98% water. So for both of them to function and be healthy, you must maintain in your body with those 50 trillion molecules of water in the cell, you must drink water. Eight to ten glasses of water, not counting the juice, not counting sports water drinks. Don't add anything to it. It blocks absorption. It must be plain fresh water a day to replace yourself because you're water. So always keep that in mind. I'm going to keep reminding you every week. This is my into my seventh, almost my end of my seventh year. And every time we bring on a guest, and there are unbelievable guests coming from in from all over the world to join us on our topics. But remember, we're always going to be discussing your dehydration, the symptoms, and what, what you need to do to learn to be a healthier person and be in the Health Olympics. That's your choice. 
You know, we stay, we have a lot of freedoms taken away today. Not really for your health choices. Your health choices are very simple. Common sense. You must get up in the morning and think you're going to be healthy and not get into the sugar. Watch the carbohydrate because carbohydrate heats up the body. So if you overheat up the body, what's going to happen? You're going to swell up. Um, yes, some moderate salt because salt retains water in the body, but don't, don't overdo it. And, and so today we're going to be discussing with Robin Wheeler. Robin Wheeler is the author of a, and public speaker on a subject that I think we're all going to relate to, anger and mental in, in illness and management of that. What is happening out there with all of this anger that is going on all over the world? You can't tell me that the individuals that are mad at us and causing wars and, and threats are not angry for what? Uh, here on our streets in America, what's going on? All over our streets throughout the United States is the anger. It's anger. So we're going to talk to Robin Wheeler about what she's been studying and learning, and I know we're going to learn a lot. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, with just a mist. You know your eyes at the surface are 98% water. If If your eyes dehydrate, you have vision impairment. All the way to maybe blindness in the future. Nature's Tears Eye Mist is the only product worldwide to supplement that moisture, that water at the surface of the eyes with just a mist. We'll listen to our sponsor and we'll be right back with Robin Wheeler. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Robin, I want to thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me on, Sharon. I really appreciate it. Well, um, I've been reading about you and um, let's tell our audience, um, Robin has an author and a public speaker and very much committed to education about anger and mental illness. And tell us about how you got into this. But it's called the Diagnosis of Systemic Disorder of Mental Illness. Um, can you tell us how you got involved in this? Yes, um... 
Back in 2008 and 09, I was waking up angry every single day. And I actually had become suicidal, couldn't figure out how I had gotten to that point. And I went through counseling uh, for a couple of years, uh, which uh, helped on and off, but nothing uh, really permanent that I was looking for. And one day I called up my uh, counselor and I, I, I told her she had to help me. I said, you give me whatever, I will do whatever it takes. I was... I told her I'd go through a lobotomy, a, you know, a brain transplant, uh, exorcism, whatever it was. I just needed help with yeah. my anger right. because I, w- I was waking up and I hadn't even stepped out of bed yet and I was angry. And so now, she... Uh, at the time, were you uh, married and had children? I, I was married. I'd been married about 13 years and mm-hmm. um, I don't have any so children. You, were you at the time kind of wondering when you were having these anxiety and, and, and mood changes and more, you were, were you maybe in the back of your mind thinking, well, maybe it's because, 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 like a lot of people do, uh, try to rationalize it's got to be something other than maybe your own, your own chemistry, your own body. Well, you know, I, w- I wondered why I was like that. I wasn't sure why. And I... I've lived with anger for quite a while. I actually got booted out of preschool when I was four. Uh, <laughs> I don't know anybody who's been kicked out of preschool except for me. But I uh, was biting all the kids, and I actually um, got kicked out. I bit my sister more times than I think either one of us want to remember. And so I had this biting craze, and that was just only a few, one of the things that I did when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But anyways, my counselor had asked me if I was willing to see a psychiatrist, and I said yes. And after about an hour of uh, talking with the psychiatrist, he diagnosed me with a, a mild form of depression called dysphymic disorder, and I had never heard about it. And uh, believe it or not, after going home with a prescription for medication, uh, three weeks later, I felt much better, and within three months, I felt like I actually did have that brain transplant. So uh, I realized that my anger was due to a chemical imbalance in the brain. So that's that's how I got started and started uh, trying to help other people with anger issues. Yeah. Um, now, um, so it's all through school and, and with your family and environment and people were probably, and your friends were, were blaming you uh, for um, not being um, having a relationship that people could be because you were always emotionally caught up in mood swings and anger and anxiety and so on. So through the years, you probably found yourself kind of, did you find yourself a loner? Uh, yes, I found myself a loner and a lot of people, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they would go to parties or whatever and then I'd find out about it after, you know, had already happened and wondered why I wasn't invited. And then I was mad at them, not realizing that the reason they didn't invite me was because I was angry. Because you're mad. <laughs> so it's kind of a vicious circle. Um, but but you yeah, know, you, you know, Robin, this is, I'm going to tell you today why I started this research center so far back in my research. My field is studying the water on Earth and the water in, involved in each person's organism and the electrolytic ability for the air to, for you to live in the air called water vapor humidity. 
And I look back on it, and I started it. In fact, I was just telling my secretary this morning, I have to remind myself at, about this now because I often forget why I started this research. I was president of the American Cancer Society, and we noticed that a lot of people who were diagnosed with terminal disease lost hope, but they went under a lot of stress, a lot of mood and, and, and exhaustion, where the family was not letting them forget they were not going to live because you do, you know, what goes on around you, your body is very vulnerable. But the individual was caught up in a lot of stress. And I learned that stress can take you before the disease. It's exhausting. I believe and that. And the people around you, pardon, the people around you with that stress level on the body is exhausting because they're putting stress on you. They intentionally don't mean to be that mean or cruel or abusive, but they're putting it on you because you're trying to figure it out. So the exhaustion of a child being born, of being under a lot of stress, emotions, and then getting angry because of the frustration, and as an adult, the frustration that you can't understand it either, and you don't, you're, and, and, and you don't to stop and think, of, well, how am I going to, the word analyze this, and what can I do to help myself not be so angry? Um, I pr- prove without a doubt that dehydration is the greatest stem of the problem. Uh, uh, no two people dehydrate the same in the brain. Uh, as you know, the brain is water. Uh, the body is water, and that dehydration effect is vital. Now, when you were studying yourself uh, and the medication worked, do you have to go in and out of a lot of now the, uh, uh, the medications before you found one that worked, or did you just get lucky that one worked? Uh, the first medication that I was put on was Prozac, and that worked wonderfully. Um, it has uh, a burnout rate of about three years, and about after two and a half years, I started feeling myself uh, not feeling as uh, as I was when I when I first started it. So I went into my psychiatrist, and uh, he put me on another medication called Prestique, and that's what I'm on now, and I've been on that since May, and that seems to be working really well. So my first one worked. Uh, sometimes uh, your body does kind of get used to them, and then they don't work as effectively exactly. as they did when you first started exactly. taking them. Yes. Yeah, so, and unfortunately, with a chemical imbalance in the brain, it's it's probably something that I'm going to be on for the rest of my life, you know, just like somebody with bipolar or schizophrenia. So it may be mm-hmm. something that I have to switch medications every every few years. Oh, you will. And, and that's okay. You know, the one thing I find, though, with it, when I hear about uh, the doctors and the patients is the fact that the patient, uh, when the doctor gives that medication to the patient, they say, drink a lot of water, which I'm sure you do. You drink a lot of water or this is not going to be as effective. If you slow down in the water, it can change. The dehydration of the body will change. It only works if you're drinking plain, fresh water. It's not counted water and juices and tea and anything else or added ingredients in the water. And when you're coming along, and tell, can tell you tell our audience that maybe is not on a medication yet or maybe should be on a medication, nobody should be, feel guilty to take the medication. But when your doctor sent you home with a medication, he probably said, I'm going to give you the medication, but you have to work harder than the medication. 
and I'm sure he said that. Um, but so that for the medication to be able to be effective, uh, did you learn how to uh, change your diet, uh, how to sleep, and those kind of things to be helping it? To you know, it I did. I had tried much of that before I even went on medication because um, mm-hmm. I had seen a counselor for two years, so I had looked into sleep and diet and exercise. I, I mean, I was walking every day on a treadmill, and, I, you know, I was doing uh, meditation mm-hmm. and affirmations and all that kind of thing. Breathing exercises. and Yes, yeah. yes. And uh, what I found was... It had a temporary effect, but with medication, it kind of gave me uh, stability, and I could actually utilize those things while I was on medication. The the thymic people tend to uh, be very negative and very pessimistic, and and they give up very very easily. And so if, if one thing didn't go right in my day... I would be, you know, I would exaggerate and, you know, nothing's going to go right and my life is ruined and blah, 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 blah. And so I found that medication levels me off and allows me to be more realistic and have more common sense uh, so I can utilize all those tools that I learned. And uh, well, it's very I'm, I'm, common. And you, you, don't you feel that today and the last especially 20 years that more of this is being understood and, and um the people around you understand it better than they used to in the old days. We used to look at individuals who had mental problems or emotional problems or mood swings or abusive anger ways to treating people to let them know, oh, I'm mad at you, so you're going to figure this out. We, we've learned more and more and more about how to be very patient with that person, to be concerning that maybe there's something other than just taking it personal um, have you found that out with what you've been learning, too, is people take it personal when a person's angry with them, if a person's rude to them. They, right. they take, some, people, some people do. I don't because I, I look at it like there's something going on inside of that person. But when you finally figured out uh, how to stabilize yourself to an ecosystem within you personally, I hope you didn't stop all those other things you'd started before the medication as the diet and drinking oh, water. Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. I still yeah. continue to do all of those things. It just contributes to my better mental health. Exactly. Um, for, the, for the medication to work better. Right, right. And right. I wish I had been diagnosed back when I was a child. And, of course, I don't think we even knew anything about dysthymic disorder. I think the big thing back then was uh, maybe ADHD or autism, probably, we had just found out about. Now, what's the difference between that? And uh, that's something the audience is probably thinking, too, and I was going to bring you back. What's the difference between dysthymic disorder and, uh, let's say, ADHD, attention deficit, and and other disorders, and and uh, manic and bipolar. What is the difference between that and these other types of descriptions? Dysthymic disorder is considered a uh, mood disorder, so it is in the same category as bipolar. It is not as severe as bipolar. Bipolar, you have the manic episodes and you have the depressive episodes, whereas with dysthymic disorder, 
you they the DSM five, which I I believe came out this May, has renamed it persistent depressive disorder. So it's 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 unipolar. You just feel depressed all the time, and I didn't really feel depressed all the time. I had you know ups and downs, and uh, many times a uh, dysthymic disorder is uh, misdiagnosed as bipolar because you do have good days and you do have okay. bad days. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, now, and, and, and did, uh, did your doctor ever, because on our show we've been bringing in doctors from all over the world, and we're really discussing, of course, drinking water. Mm-hmm. It's vital. Uh, it's vital. And, uh, the brain is 80% water. Your body is made up of water. You just replace yourself every day with water, and, and those 50 trillion cells are vital to be hydrated. Uh, and again, like I, you heard me say, it cannot be uh, the juice, it cannot be the coffee. It has to be plain, fresh water mm-hmm. uh, to, re- to do it every day, morning, and when you get up and so on. But have you uh, heard anything more uh, from your end, uh, what we've been studying, all of us on our end, the nutrition, the types of food to eat? Uh, yes, there are many types of foods to avoid if you tend to be an angry person. Of course, uh, alcohol, coffee, anything with caffeine in it. Uh, they even say some things like uh, really spicy hot peppers or tomatoes or anything that's really acidic. Uh, you should avoid, and I'm actually probably a very unique person. I don't really drink too many sodas, so I, I'm basically a waterholic um, just mm-hmm. because I, I, I don't drink coffee or tea and uh, or say it was sodas and things like that, so um, I really love just the plain straight water. I don't even drink flavored water. I don't like the strawberry water, and I just want plain regular water. But, yeah, but now, you have to, to do all of those things. Yeah, you were right about the foods. Uh, that uh, the carbohydrate is um, very much of a can be an enemy to some people because what happens is that amount of carbohydrate can make the person's um, um, drowsy. And then when once you become dehydrated, drowsy, all of a sudden, if you have a tendency to become more moody, angry, uh, to attitude changes, it could be too much carbohydrate. They're learning that. Yeah, uh, and and yeah. and sugary foods. You know, we eat a lot of sugary processed foods. Yeah. Right. yeah, so all of those things are, now, are things you, that you should avoid. You, exactly. Have they ever talked to you about dark green vegetables and and uh, the t- types of salads and types of uh, food, uh, diet? Have they brought up any of that in their research? Uh, you know, my doctors have not specifically, and I, and I am one of those people where I love salads and I don't eat a lot of red meat. In fact, I don't eat any red meat. I'll, I'll eat white meat, but I don't eat red meat. And so I'm a big salad person. I have a, I have a blender, so I do uh, green smoothies, you know, with all you. kinds of uh, ginger in it and, you know, that type of thing. So I think that all helps. It all goes along with the exercise and the it sleep. Would. and it would. Yeah. What? And then, of course, and I've had people on here about sleep. Uh, uh, there's something about our word sleep. We as nature's people think that we should put our head on a pillow, Robin, and just go to sleep. And then we get frustrated because we woke up. <laughs> right. There's a way to learn like any good athlete has to learn, how, and you're learning how to do what you're having to do. All of us have to learn certain uh, ways to be in the health Olympics to feel better and be healthy. So, but the word sleep is vital 
because that's God's way. Uh, excuse me, I hope I didn't step on Joseph's that, face. That's the, the, the God's way of the planet Earth goes to sleep too. Nighttime comes. And Earth has a more abundant water in the air when nighttime comes, called water vapor. When the individual goes to sleep to rest, that was a nature to the body to rest. So sleeping, learning how to teach the person, how the person to teach themselves how to master the ability to sleep and what would it take. So have you ever learned anything about that? Have they uh, yes, you know, when when people are angry, uh, it's very difficult to fall asleep because your mind is reeling with all these things that happen throughout the day and the people that you're mad at and, you know, what you have to do tomorrow. And so uh, I started meditation before I go to bed so that I, I have actually trained myself to slow down that thought process and just kind of uh, try to be as empty as possible. And once you slow that down, you'll learn how to fall asleep. And I, and I realized that if I can start that at the very beginning, even if I wake up in the middle of the night, I will uh, train myself again to to just blank out. You know, whereas if I go to bed and I'm constantly thinking about all of these things, then I wake up and I'm still thinking about all of those things. Yeah. So I think there's different, you know, it's, it's different than counting sheep because uh, that still kind of keeps your mind going. Um, so you kind of have to train yourself to just mellow out. It's time to sleep. It's time to slow down, you know, and to regenerate for the next day. There we go. That's what I was hoping we could talk about today, too. So, And then the breathing exercises. Were you ever taught the breathing exercises, too? I do the breathing exercises, and yeah, also sometimes I'll go. do imagery where I put on a tape and someone will describe something to me, Good and, you know, you. you pretend you're yes. walking in a forest and you're smelling the beautiful right. flowers and there's a oh, nice yeah. breeze going, <laughs> and that's much better for me than laying there, you know, thinking about yeah. the day. Or just learn to breathe. You know, I've honestly have to tell you, with my background in research, I've often said to our, myself and I, all of us, the ocean is as it comes in and takes a breath, and the ocean uh, goes out with another breath. Obviously, nature's doing something with the planet Earth. We, as people living on this planet, have to learn to breathe, Robin. We do, because, because our we bodies, tend to breathe too shallow, I think. We don't take right. those big, deep breaths and fill our lungs filled with air and then let it out. And, you know, you have to do that. And I was listening to somebody the other day evaluated in science, and they said, well, the body is working on a lot of acidic acid. And what you, when you breathe in, you're pulling it into an alkaline balance. So the immunity protection is being more balanced and your body is being more balanced. Well, that would also slow down the dehydration. You want to detoxify. That's what dehydration does. But you don't want to dehydrate to the point that you're out of control. And that out of control dehydration can cause anger and addiction and by far more too and, and gaining weight and swelling and so on. But when you breathe in, and breathe out during the day with exercises. And uh, they say, too, it saved people from heart attacks. It saved people from a lot of problems when they learned how to breathe and biofeedback, uh, a breathing. But um, we're going to take a moment with our sponsor. And, Robin, I'm sure that we've missed some things that you could teach us. Um, 
about what what's happening out there and what you're learning and tell us a little bit about what you put in your book that you thought was important. So okay. we're going to listen to our sponsor and you don't go away. We're going to be right back. I, your experiences are valuable to save lives. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist with just a mist. At the surface of your eye is 98% water. It needs thirst quenching. With just a mist, you can give it a, a, a 100% water, tissue culture grade water, uh, 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 hydration to supplement. What do you think vision impairment is? It's dehydration. We'll listen to our sponsor and we'll be right back with Robin Wheeler. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Now, Robin, tell us about, you know, you wrote a book because you sincerely wanted to save people's lives, and lives are being lost. Uh, like you said, um, there's a suicidal um, outlooks that how, how how much more can I handle and people feel like their their life is being let's about a breath of life their lives are being lost their breath. Uh, you wrote a book and tell us about what the book is about. I mean, what, why did what was your mission and your main topics in the book? Well, uh, after I was diagnosed with dysthymic disorder, I wanted to read someone else's story to compare it to mine and see if I experienced the same thing that they did. But I couldn't find anyone who had written their story about living with dysthymic disorder. So I actually sat down and wrote Born Mad in order to give concrete examples of what happened in my life and how I reacted to things that affected my relationships and my psyche and my health. Um, when I was extremely angry, I was very, very unhealthy, and I had a ton of health problems going on. And uh, I, I think that all ties in with the water, and it's kind of like a vicious circle, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the problem with dysthymic disorder, even though it is considered mild, if it, if it is left untreated, it can sink into major depression, and then that's what's called double depression. 
And so there are a lot of people who have dysthymia who don't realize that they have it. They just have always been moody or always complaining and always a drama queen, and they don't realize that it's something that is a chemical imbalance in their brain. So I, I really wanted to bring awareness uh, of dysthymia to the general public because I think most people have heard of bipolar and schizophrenia yet not dysthymic disorder, and it actually affects a greater percentage of the population than bipolar and schizophrenia put together, dysthymia. Oh, yeah, because yeah. be, be, people would be looking at it like a person just a moody person and has a bad attitude. Right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And be annoyed. You know, we, uh, we all personally get annoyed uh, with people like that. And right. you find yourself just coming up with um, the, the, all the excuses of why they're that way. And that's probably why we have such an addiction problem on our earth, is that, that uh, people who go to addiction, prob- become addicted to something, are just trying to escape. Exactly. Exactly. They're trying to, they're kind of self-medicating, if you will, to escape. To- Make themselves normal and make their lives better, improve their quality of life. And to live with themselves, too. I've always looked at it this way, too, Robin. The person has to live with themselves. And that is no fun. Exactly. Now, in your book, what are some of the major topics that you picked out, though? That uh, Was it a book about all of these uh, discussions with... Uh, your, uh, with what you had to go through and what you've interviewed with others, and what what did you learn? Uh, that what, what, how did you start it out at the first chapter? Where did you think? Why did you think that first chapter would be, have an impact with a person to want to read the whole book? I started the first chapter with me sitting at the psychiatrist's office, praying to God that I had some type of disorder that medication could help me with. And I thought that was important, uh, one, because I had tried many of the uh, non-medication uh, therapies, and they hadn't had a tempor- uh, they, they'd only had a temporary effect on me, not a permanent one. And um, I guess secondly, because there are many people who are afraid to go to a psychiatrist. Uh, and for me, being diagnosed was actually a relief. It was actually, I actually feel more embarrassed about the years of my life that I did not go get help than after I had received help. So I think it's important to know that going to a psychiatrist is not a sign of weakness. Uh, believing that you're never going to need help in life, believing that you're never going to have to go to a doctor, whether it's for a mental illness or a physical illness. Well, I'm going to back you up for a second and remind you of something that maybe a lot of people are worried about. Can they trust that they choose the right doctor? And uh, a lot of people have heard experiences where some of the doctors they went to were not a good experience. And that's how did true. you choose the right one? How, how did know, you make a decision? I was seeing a counselor at the time, and uh, she recommended my psychiatrist, and I was very, mm-hmm. very fortunate. And you're only going to be as good as your psychiatrist is. So if somebody has misdiagnosed you we go. with you know, yeah. uh, bipolar when you actually have dysthymia, then they're going to put you on the wrong medication, and that's going to make you feel exactly. even worse. So, exactly. unfortunately, that is the big issue is how good is the doctor. So, you know, you have to pick one that's reputable. Now, now you've been through a lot of experiences. Uh, let's, let's do that one. I hope you had this in your book. Uh, when a person goes to a doctor that's been told that 
go to that doctor. They should be interviewing the doctor also uh, about uh, the relationship and where they need to go together. Um, but how does a person decide? Because a lot of times people think, well, that's the doctor and at least I'm going. Um, how would they choose? Um, how did you find that that particular doctor was the right one for you? Why did, what was the reason? Uh, well, and there's a difference between a psychologist and a psychiatrist. A psychiatrist is actually an MD as well, so they can prescribe you medication, whereas a psychologist mm-hmm. cannot. So they can offer you talk therapy, but they can't offer medication. So um, that's a good... So a let's good... back up there for a second. Now, do you believe now that when you went to a psychologist, anybody going to a psychologist may have taken a shortcut they shouldn't have taken, that they really should start out with the psychiatrist, the MD, and then if they want to save money, it's usually the case of money, to go then to have the psychiatrist refer a psychologist also, not go psychologist to the psychiatrist uh, to help us with that. You know, I think every individual is a different case. And for me, you know, I went to a counselor for two years. And, um, you know, I didn't, it never occurred to me that I had a chemical imbalance in my brain that was making me angry. So I guess you can only do what you're feeling at the time. I originally had just gone through anger management classes, and those turned out to be a total disaster, and they didn't work, <laughs> which is a long story. Well, um, and then I went to, to account. Well, you were back to psychologists and, and that type of therapy rather than going to the MD. Right, right, right. But and and not everybody may need medication for their uh, for their anger or whatever issue that they have. Um, psychologists but they have to go do and, yeah. They they have to go to somebody qualified to make that decision. Right, right, right. So and and it's good not to diagnose yourself. You know, you can read a whole list of symptoms and. Right. You know, say, oh, that sounds like me, but don't jump into yeah. it. You know, see a professional, see somebody who would know how to diagnose you. And I know there's a lot of people you who will just... people, you, were you kind of embarrassed? Uh, that's the other one. Uh, did you find yourself a little embarrassed that you had to do that? Or do you think, how do you help our audience think? I uh, first thing I think of is never be embarrassed to take care of your health. Uh, never be embarrassed about anything when it takes time to, for your health and your your uh, ability to function and, and and be a happy person on this earth. To to uh, I call it the health Olympics, Robin. Everybody, the day you're born, you're born, you're in the health Olympics to be exactly. healthy. Uh, how? What would you say to the audience about uh, make the decision and go? Don't be everybody, embarrassed. Everybody deserves to be happy, and everybody deserves to live anger-free if that is, you know, be their healthy. issue. And it's, it's, it was, like I said, it was more embarrassing for me not to seek help than it was to seek help. And, and seeking help was a relief because I knew it wasn't me. I knew I wasn't that person, but it was something that I had no control of that was making me angry. So, and, and by the time I went to the psychiatrist, I was, uh, I, I had pretty much hit rock bottom, so I was willing to try anything. I mean, I was, I was fighting for my life. Now, there you have another one, and I hope this show gets out there far enough. You know, why is it, you know, it's so true 
with, we have to hit rock bottom. Is there something in there that you've learned along the way to help others so they they can do it before they hit rock bottom? Yeah, Is there yeah, any clues I, I, in there that we could research about getting out there with education, education, and and stories like yourself where they don't hit, hit rock bottom? Uh, maybe they can start getting more uh, uh, better educated about where they're coming from with their moods. And it's not just because you're uh, upset with a partner or a family member or a worker or whatever it is. You, you don't find excuses. You're going to take self-responsibility to your own actions and, and go out and, and figure it out before you hit rock bottom. Because if you hit rock bottom, you took quite a few people with you when you're trying to figure it out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's kind of like, uh, I kind of see mood swings as like a tornado, you know, where you start, yeah. um, you start really, really small and then as you go, you escalate and it gets bigger and bigger we and do. bigger. You want to prevent it from getting to the point where you're a full-blown tornado, you know, you want to try to hit it at the baby stages. Right. Well, your education for your book is so important. And, and you know, the other thing too, if we approach this, and I'd like to approach addiction the same way. We're finding that in addiction, a de- very severe dehydration, is that people who uh, probably started out with some anger or some discontentments and got into the wrong peer group or whatever, all of a sudden got influenced with some drugs that were not legal or maybe illegal and started popping those, thinking that will take care of it rather than the person having to work hard at it to do it themselves and be around the right people. Uh, Addiction uh, today is out of control, Robin. Uh, People are walking around with self-pity, self-misery, and, of course, then we have predators that are predatorizing on people who want to do that with illegal drugs, illegal methods. And they become predatorized. And people don't realize that if you get out of control, you're going to be predatorized with people who push drugs illegally. And uh, that's something that uh, with this type of, uh, of education is so important that people want to do what you decided to do, take full responsibility for your own actions, and go to work at the Health Olympics of what you can do every single day when you get out of bed and enjoy your life the way Health Olympics can do. You're in training every day. Everybody should be in training every day anyway. You know, it's, and, you, and, you know, you Sharon, I would, and, I would like to see anger be classified as an, as an addiction because it is very addictive. And I would have moments where I would be, you know, fine. And then, you know, I would go back to being angry because I was comfortable there. And that's, you know, exactly. it was scary to be out of that anger mode. And, and it is a vicious cycle. You just keep, the more you're angry, the more angrier you're going to get. Now, did and, you put that in your book about that comfortable thing where people get comfortable with their mood change and their attitude and that's why they're letting you know why they're coming? Because you wouldn't do that living alone, maybe, but you've got to have some people around you to, 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 to react this to. So right. did you put in your book that that was a comfort zone, that you knew where you were at when you were having that attitude and that anger? Did you talk to them about how you worked with that? Absolutely, and it's just something Good. where, you know, once you hit that, br- once you tear down the brick wall, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's 
there's no rebuilding it. You just have to go straight forward, even though it's more comfortable Mm -hmm. to stay on the other side of the brick wall. (laughs) You know, you just have to push yourself to uh, get out of your comfort zone and to, you know, be the best person that you can be. And if you're leaving something behind that's destructive to you or to other people, you know, the more more power to you. And be happy. You know, there's nothing wrong, and now, Robin, there is nothing wrong about being happy. There's nothing wrong about being vain. There's nothing wrong about working at your better health and caring less if anybody wants to join you. Um, exactly. And talking about food and sleep and and uh, and um, these kinds of educations. That's why this show, I love this show, and the people that come on from all over the world and the Nobel Prize winners and the United Nations and people all over the world that come in here like yourselves to experience their lives and share with it. Uh, what do we, every day is reminding each other. Have you ever talked to a doctor and a doctor will say, yeah, I know as well as anybody, but I forget. And it's life, we get busy and we forget some of these things that we need to remind each other about. Now, uh, with children, how do you recommend families that have a child that's showing a lot of symptoms, uh, signs of anger for no reason? What would you say to them? You know, I, I think then uh, I would say that seeking a, the help of a professional is the way to go. And and I wish I would have received help when I was a child and I didn't. And one yeah. day it will it will catch up to that child, whether they're 40 years old or 50 years old. You know, you want to you wanna yeah. get control of it as soon as you possibly can. So, you know, do it when they're six and not when they're 40. Because now, our prisons are full of people who have no business being there. But they're, they were angry. Now, I'm real interested, because I've been studying dehydration of the body and the sudden level of what, what that can do to every individual. so different. The body is made up of 50 trillion cells of, of water. It's like the Nobel Prize winner. Sarah and I got a Nobel Prize for the most common sense. There's water in the cell, Robin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he said, isn't that dumb? But it's true. We, we, got, we left common sense behind right. in, in health and, and, and research. But back to the whole thing is that I had a guest on here one time that was a research for Johnson & Johnson, and he said in eyes, and he said, Sharon, emphases, if we could catch the child in time, that child may not end up in prison because it could have been the eyes were having a problem and we didn't catch it in time. And, Robin, that is what is happening out there. We're not catching fast enough with what's happening to children to see those these symptoms that are that can be figured out, and if you figure them out in time, there will be no uh, going off the cliff and hitting rock bottom. The child will be raised how to think about it, how to, and how many children have been raised with attention disorders and, and 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 anger disorders that the family never caught on, and uh, attention deficits. They got off to college, and all of a sudden, the family wasn't there to help manage it. And all of a sudden, they found out there was something wrong. All right? Have you ever have you had people tell you that? That is the case. They'll get away from home, and all of a sudden, because they were under such great management at home at the time, nobody noticed. All right? And then, but we have where our prisons are full of people that you can't tell me they wanted to go to prison when they were kids. Yeah, exactly. And me as an imperfect child, I think I have said this over and over again, and children always smile, Robin, when I do it. 
There is no such thing as an imperfect child. The child was born to be a child and not be an adult until they're ready. Be quiet. What is an adult? Grow up. But back to um, your book, um, what are some of the things that are, we've got about three minutes left. Um, did you ever discuss children in your book? You know, I don't have children. I did discuss my childhood and the, the effects of okay. my anger on my own okay. childhood and my life. Okay, there you go. Mm-hmm. So there are examples of, you know, again, my biting kids before I was, you know, four years old and things like that. Wow. So there are examples in there of my temper tantrums. <laughs> now, when you're in analyzing some of this, with children back there and, and when your family disciplined you maybe, when you, of course, when you did it. When they disciplined you, do you think if a person sees a child in their family that is not being um, respectful, uh, there's way, did you ever analyze what type of discipline could be, not maybe rushing them to the doctor quite yet, they might not think that way, but how would you consider the person learning to be disciplined, how to handle that as a child? Is there a way to do that that's better than what we've been doing? Well, you know, and I think um, now uh, psychologists are saying that, you know, if your child doesn't do something, um, the last thing you want to do is, you know, yell and scream and call them names exactly. and be violent. I mean, you're you're indirectly teaching your child to react be more in angry. an angry fashion, whether you know right. it or not. So, you know, the best thing you can do is just, to stay calm first. Stay calm. And then and, go from uh, there and use, exactly. you know, rational thought as far as what types of discipline you would like to use. Don't erase the tone of voice. Be firm. Be focused. Um, and it's kind of like if you have a child who has special needs and that baby you know has special needs and has some handicaps there, they don't yell and scream at that baby. They, they work with a child to try to d- discipline the child to start lo- looking at things differently. And um, so, But again, we're all in this together, huh, Robin? We are, absolutely. In together. Every well, single one uh, of us. I want to thank you. Yeah, we're, we have, we're out of time. Uh, how do they find your book? Uh, Barnes & Noble, Amazon.com, and my website, RobinWheeler.com. All right. Well, I want to thank you for joining us today, and uh, I want to thank you for your experiences and sharing it. I, I, I'm sure that uh, people must, uh, to listen, will understand uh, what you've gone through and what you're trying to do to help others. Well, thank you I so much for having me on, Sharon, and thank you for your work with water. I think it's an important thing, well, and we need to hear more about yeah, it. Help us out, Barbara, and help us out. We need it, don't we? This yes, earth has we got do. a little bit of water left. <laughs> you know, it's got a lot in the aquifers, but it's not on top. It's all going down there. <laughs> right. Well, thank you for your time, and you have a very special day, and keep up your good work. All right, you too. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, we've, we learned a lot. And um, I have a couple of moments left here today. And what we're teaching here in the show is something that I need to remind you of. Now, the moment you were born and you entered in the area you live, that's water vapor. You're swimming in water all day long in the area you're living in. We need to learn to breathe in and breathe out. It's vital. We're not taking good enough breaths. And you may think you are, but you're not. Not unless you're doing a breathing exercise every day. Nutrition, we're finding out in research 
that then what you're eating is who you are and how your appearance and how you feel flexible, you're detoxifying, you're agile, your mind is healthy, and the moments of you're dealing with life and frustrations or happy times comes much more healthy with what you're eating. Sleeping is so important to how you take care of your sleep every day. Now, I'm back to the water. You replace yourself with water, and the body's content has 50 trillion cells. And inside that body is water. No different than the magic of, the, of, of, the, of, of, of water on earth for the water of earth to be healthy. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank all of our guests. I want to thank uh, Polly Featherton for getting my guest for me. She's amazing. I want to thank Bonnie Mark, my, our secretary, for keeping track of things for me and getting prepared for me. And then all of the guests that have been on for all this time. It's just a magic. Go to our website and look up the guests. Almost any topic, all topics to be reminded and learn something new. Embrace your life. It's worth it. It's your life. But brace somebody else's too. Don't respect somebody else. But Earth Whispers, don't take everything with you. Leave something magical behind of you. Have a nice day, and thank you for listening, and you be well. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health environment, and the power of water. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel with an encore Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com.